way I got off the street, I'll tell you, this is when 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 Craigslist was just started out and just opened up. And I, I would, what I would do, I went into the wanted ads and I find people that are looking to buy a car. And they, they, you know, when in the wanted ads, they post, you know, how much you're willing to spend. So if they're looking to spend $4,000, I contact them and I'll say, hey, you know, if I can get you a car that you're looking for, for like three grand or 3,500, you know, you cut me a little deal since you're already looking to spend four anyway. Sure, why not? And then I go into the into the regular ads, find someone selling that type of car. They're looking to sell it for four grand. I'm like, you know, if I can get you like 43 or whatever it is, you know, cut me a little deal. I mean, you're only looking for this anyway. Sure. I go on the DMV website. I print out all the paperwork and I'd have both people meet, show each one of them where to sign. And I'm slanging cars on Craigslist. I'm, I'm literally selling cars on Craigslist over and over and over. And that's how I got off the street. That's how I made money. And, and when, when I started thinking about this is supply and demand, this is where how, how, how I've been successful in life and how I made it from here to here. And, and partial, I, I, again, I'll never worry about money. It's not because I'm making buku money. It's because I can make money when I want it. I'd rather put my time towards being here with my family than go out there and make money that I don't need. I'm comfortable where we're at, where we're at with our family right now. And you don't get time back. There's one thing in life. It doesn't matter how successful, black, white, Russian, don't matter what you are. You don't get more time back, right? James Ketching is not a client of Holmes Financial or Bertha Fisher & Company. Welcome to the Millennials & Money Podcast a podcast dedicated to help millennials to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and investment advisor representative, Payne Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Millennials and Money podcast. I'm your host, Peyton Boyer, investment advisor representative with Holmes Financial, Bertho Fisher & Company. And this week, I got another exciting guest with me. Today, I got sales senior sales executive with Guarantee Insurance Rate Insurance, my main man, James Cashing. James, say what's up. Oh, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk with you guys today. Hey, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. Um, so before we hop in the show, I always like to start by sharing how you and I know each other. Now, James, uh, when this since when this is recording, it's only been a few about a month now that we've known each other, we met out there on the golf field. On the, uh, I'm sorry, that's not the proper term, termination. I think it's called the golf course. Yeah. We met on the, the uh, we met on the golf course. You were invited out there from a friend of mine, a client of mine, and also a former guest on the show, uh, Seth Owens. Yeah, I've, I've, I've worked with Seth for a while too, so I'm glad that we were able to uh, connect uh, somewhere in the middle out there on the course. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, man. I got to give a shout out to my uh, my my friend and former guest uh, on the show, Janelle, Janelle J. Artist Wright. She's the one who got me into golfing. It's been great advice. I really enjoy it. We had a good time out there, right? Yeah, we had a good time out there. There was a lot of push-ups that had to get done, but, you know, <laughs> you, you, can, you can never complain when you got to get that workout in, you know, great mind, get you great success, so... And you said it, that's right. We were betting out 10 pushes a hole. Yeah. We all sucked. So we all <laughs> <laughs> so we were all doing a group of push-ups, but it was a lot of fun. It was a great day. It was definitely worth it. So, you know, before we hop into your story, why don't you take some time to introduce yourself and what it is you do for a living? Yeah, thank you so much. Um, well, my name is James Ketchens. Uh, sometimes people call me Marlon, depending how I shave, how my hair is. I might look like one of the Wayne's brothers. So, you know, but, um, yeah, I've been doing insurance since 2013. And, um, you know, when, when it comes to any type of business, you, you go through your struggles and, until you kind of figure out, you know, what clicks for you. Cause everyone does business different. Everyone markets different. And I had to find my, my, my groove and my wife works in insurance too. We're insurance household. So, you know, when you, when you know there's a direction you want to do, you don't want to do nothing else in life. That that's who I am. I'm an insurance guy, but, um, I work for guaranteed rate in, uh, uh, insurance. Uh, they're out of Chicago. Uh, I'm the, the only representative here uh, in California. I represent, uh, 40 different carriers I work with a lot of financial advisors, realtors, mortgage loan officers, attorneys, and pretty much just try to help the public, help people get their houses, help people get their finances down and auto insurance or whatever it happens to be. Okay. So yeah, you're a hustler. You got a huge region in. There's only two guys and you're in California. Where's your region stretch from? 
Uh, I'm, I'm licensed in 39 states. I had all 50 states, but to be realistic, I can't possibly sell insurance in all 50 states all, yeah. at, all at the same time. So I, I've been kind of let some of those licenses expire out, which I'm okay with, but I still have uh, 39 states that I can sell in. Um, I'm mostly focused right here in California only because I'm in California, but you know, social media, you never know who's going to reach out. And so I'm, I'm actually selling in, 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 in uh, I don't know, probably on average, a good 22 states still. Wow. So has this position always been remote, even uh, pre-pandemic? Yeah, um, well, this this position that I'm with with this company is actually new for this company, which is why there's only two of us inside the entire organization. But prior to me being with this organization, I was with a different brokerage, and it was the exact same thing. I was still remote. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm not someone that you're going to find behind a desk. I'm going to be the person that if you need somebody is right then and there, you need someone to come meet you. If you're in the area, I'll drive an hour. You don't understand insurance. That's okay. I don't understand taxes. I got to meet my tax person face to face. I'm not going to do it sitting there virtual, but it works for some people. I'm, I'm kind of old school. I'll come meet with you. So. Yeah, now I'm the same way. I'm in person. I, I, I was, man, I was crushed when the pandemic first happened. I was like, I got to have that human energy, man. Yeah. So let's kind of hop into the show. You know, the show is all about money and people sharing their money story and just their, their whole mindset around money. And I find mm-hmm. the, the cornerstones of that mindset, they kind of get put in place from childhood. Of course, they can always change. But that's kind of where that foundation gets put in place. So let's talk about uh, what money was like for you and your household as you grew up when you were growing up throughout, throughout childhood. Did you grow up in Sacramento? Where are you from here originally? I'm originally from the Bay Area. We're in San Jose. Um, you know, my, my dad was a truck driver, so I, I, I would see I, him. I, I, I got to pause, yeah. you guys. So for our listeners across the nation listening, uh, James, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'll be uh, 40 years old next month. Okay, so you're just a few years older than me. So you grew up, So I used to live in the Bay, too. Now, San Jose, what it is today, was not San Jose. It was not like that when you were growing up. Not so, at all. Listeners, San Jose was a tough neighborhood back before it was the Silicon Valley. It was, man, you don't go to San Jose unless you have business. Exactly. That's the only thing you're going to find there, too, is business. It's it's like a, it's like its own mini, mini machine. Yeah. <laughs> So out there, out there in San Jose, I was, I was born in Santa Clara, matter of fact, but um, out there in San Jose, uh, my dad was a truck driver. And so the only thing I knew was hard work. I, my, my dad drove for 30 years. I grew up in the back of a diesel truck going if I wanted to see him, you know, so the family would go. And so if we didn't go, we were at home and he was gone, you know. And so, you know, there's there's certain things in life where, you know, you may not have a parent there. For because of bad things my dad wasn't there because he was working you know he did those hauls you know and so I would only see him probably once every two weeks so I didn't really grow up with the the person throwing throwing the football to me but I learned that hard work he grinded he sacrificed not being able to see his family to take care of his family right and so that's what stuck with me and so now I got this grind and it, unfortunately my dad passed away when I was 21 and the, the, the thing that everyone said at his funeral was always the same thing oh he was such a hard worker he was such a hard worker and that's one and I, I kind of think about the legacy of what someone would say at my funeral is that that's the only thing people were saying because they didn't really get to see him They're like oh he laughed a lot when they seen him but he wasn't really there, right? And so I, I try to do the, uh, you know, put it in my in my calendar because I'm a calendar guy. I put it in my calendar just for family. Put it just in my calendar, one hour with my kid, you know, because the, at the end of the day, what we do is work. We work more in our life than we do anything else. When you add up the hours at the end of your time, right? We we sleep and we work. And so all the extra time, man, I got to throw it in the schedule, but I'll jump back to it is, you know, going from San Jose and and then we end up here in Sacramento. And um, I just, I I, I knew that not grind, you know, growing up in this area and growing up in San Jose, like you were saying, it wasn't the same neighborhoods, you know, in, in when you got your friends making money. And you're like, oh, man, I want to make money, too. But you're, you're a good kid. You know, like, you, you know, what's bad, even though they got they can go get all the good stuff. They can get the they can get the Nikes. They can get the candy bars. They can get all that. And you're like, 
you know, I don't, I don't want to be that kid that gets in trouble. Right. It's like the, the, like this movie, higher learning, you know, you got, you got the one kid that goes to college. I didn't, I didn't get the chance to go to college, but I was that good kid that the neighborhood still took care of. The thugs wouldn't let no one mess with me. They're like, he's a good one. You know, <laughs> so. okay, I got to pause you on that because similar to me, because I box. So because mm-hmm. I box, everyone kept me out of trouble. Like you can't get in trouble. If you want to, because, one thing about neighborhoods is like urban neighborhoods is they're going to protect the ones who are trying to get out and are doing yeah. who are on the right track. And you mentioned one thing, uh, you know, it's you, you mentioned your dad wasn't there a lot. It was different for us growing up. Like my dad worked a lot too, for especially families of color. Mm-hmm. Like our dads were not our dads who, if they did have a job and they did grind, they grinded. Mm-hmm. because they knew hey i got an opportunity that i didn't have growing up so i gotta give my kid a better life and they their mindset was a better life financially which is which made a huge difference in my life too but um you yeah they weren't there to teach us some stuff because they were grinding but we did learn things you learn more from what you see and that's where right. that grind came from it sounds like from you yeah yeah it stuck with me from 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 then on and and you get to a point where you stop worrying about being successful. You stop worrying about money because if you got that grind, if you got that monster inside of you, it doesn't matter what you do in life. You know, you're going to put in 150% and anything you put 150% in and put both feet inside of, you're going to succeed in it. It doesn't matter if it's in the gym. It doesn't matter if it's in a relationship. You're going to go all in. And the way I'm going to die is because I'm dying of exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so when you when you got that mindset, it doesn't, you start to release some of those stresses that a lot of people around you might be having. And then you get to a point you want to try to share that with others to try to help relieve their stress. You know, because when you got stress around you and we're all, you know, made of energy, that energy can, it can start weighing on you. You know, and so when you see people going through it, you, you know, you naturally, when you're putting in that much effort, you you become a natural leader. You just you want you want the people around you in your circle to do better. And if they're not, you you tend to change up your circle to to a positive one. And so, you know, coming coming into insurance with with that mindset, you know, there, there's a lot of people, and whether whether it's insurance, real estate, no matter what it is, you know, people tend to tend to look at things is, you know, let's say you're in a sales position, right? And they're like, you know, I sell, sell, sells. It's it's not sales. Everything in life, whether, whether, whether it's your relationship or whether it's work, it's actually all marketing. If you want to go meet the person in your dreams, you got to get up, brush your teeth, put on your clothes and go out and market yourself. The only sale is asking for the phone number. I mean, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter if I'm, I do insurance. I don't, I don't sell insurance to friends and family. I don't do any of that. All my, all my clients come from referrals and, and that's just for me out marketing myself, making contacts, following up, checking in on people, which, which, you know, we can do the same thing with our family and that's in building those relationships. When they have that need, they reach out to you because you're the one that's there. And that's where all my all my clients come from, right? And then you have great relationships after. My clients send me pictures of their kids. I go to their kids' birthday parties. You know, when when you're when you're kind of thinking about the the easy parts of life, we we don't usually tend to narrow things down to to just the basic. And and that that's what I do. You know, I, I get I get to have that. I get to help families. I get to get to see their kids grow up. I, I get to help people get to a better position. And when you, someone that wears your heart on your shoulders, man, that, that, that's the joy you get right there. You know, you, you help someone stop struggling when we came from the struggle. I got to quote that. We'll put that in the show notes. You help someone start, (laughs) stop struggling when you came from the struggle. I like that Mm -hmm. a lot, man. Uh, You said, uh, said something earlier that kind of struck me. You said like, when you start something new, I, I don't know the exact words, but like you're not tripping that I'm going to succeed because you're going to put the work in. Uh, you know, uh, my listeners know I always get scriptural at some point. Um, I always reference the Bible. Uh, the, the word says there will always, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. That means if you're planting seeds, working the ground, you're going to have a harvest. If you're consistently working the ground, I'm guaranteed, I can guarantee you you're going to have some kind of harvest. Mm-hmm. And I'm a financial advisor. I don't say guarantee a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> if you work the ground, you will have some sort of harvest. 
So let's talk about what was money like. You know, your dad was grinding. You were growing up in San Jose and Sacramento. What was money like in the household? Was were you guys budgeting? Were you guys uh, living check to check? What was money like for y'all? Like for y'all? <sighs> my my parents were really good about keeping it hidden. To be honest, you know, my I, I know my dad was doing doing all right. Uh, you know, back in those days and. You know, he eventually bought his own diesel truck. You know, he went from being a uh, working for a company to being uh, his own independent and in contracting with corporations to, you know, run their run their loads for them. Um, but I, I do remember times when my mom would get these odd jobs. And so now that I'm older and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, why was she getting those odd jobs? Was she getting those because she was bored? Or was she getting them because she needed it? You know, I remember she got a job at a McDonald's at one time and she was doing a graveyard. And I just remember then until this day, I'll catch up with you another time. I'll show you. We got every little piece of the McDonald's train <laughs> that the whole thing that the fry guys, the, the hamburger, the grimless grimace, all of it. You know, that's I, before our <laughs> listeners time. They don't know about. Yeah. That. Yeah. And so um, I remember she, you know, she would always bring home these McDonald's toys at nighttime. You know, we wake up in the morning or sometimes we stay, stay up late just waiting for her to get home because we wanted that toy, you know. But um, and I remember she got a job at this at this bone alley. You know, I'm just I'm, I'm thinking about it all now. Like, why was she getting these odd jobs? You, you know, like I, I I don't I don't know. I I I might go ask her after this conversation. Now you kind of opened up something in my mind with this question. But um, I, I remember that we eventually moved out of San Jose because uh, we were uh, renting his house, and the the people wouldn't sell it. They did they wouldn't sell it, and we lived there for for a while, and um, and then we eventually moved to Sacramento from there, and so. You know, financially, I, I I don't know what we were doing in San Jose. I know when we got to Sacramento, the struggle was a bit a bit harder. Um, and I think it was had to do with like the transition of of the the corporation he was working for there. I, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but when when he passed away, I, I know that he didn't have any any reserves. He didn't have any you know life insurance. He didn't have none of that. And I remember that he he bought his truck. It's 100k. You know, and I remember my mom had to sell it for pennies. I'm talking for like, Man. she she probably sold it for like $11,000. You know what I mean? Because when 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 he passed away, the bills still kept coming in. And 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 when you were a kid and you're watching your your mom go through the struggle, there there's no there's no babysitter. She can't afford to to pay a babysitter. She has to go to work now. The bills are still coming in, and you're sitting there going through the hardship. That's that's kind of one of the reasons that that kind of brought me over to insurance as well because. When you're in that situation, people can say, oh, I understand. No, you don't understand unless you've been through it to actually be right there in the struggle. You lost somebody that that's that's your your breadwinner. Right. And it's just you, your mom and, and it's just me and my sister, you, you know, so for 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 that portion to add to ask, if it, you know, what it was like for money, I. I I'm pretty sure that we were struggling at that point, but they were just really good at just taking care of the kids and making sure we didn't see it. Yeah, and, and that's that's how it is. Like that's how it is coming from the community. Like you don't ever want your kids to know you're struggling. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think I'm changing, our generation is changing. Is I talk to my kids about money. Like I just opened up an album account for my daughter. She we bought our first stocks in her little album account. Awesome. Because I want her to understand finances. Mm-hmm. She's 14. But like when we were growing up, my you don't ask your parents about money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, and that's changing. But, and, and that was kind of to protect us because they didn't want us to be concerned about the haves and have nots. But it's important to talk to kids about money. Um, before we go to the next topic, I want to kind of lighten the mood and talk to you. Did you ever get the the Halloween McDonald's? Remember the, the costume? They had the uh, Grimace with the ghost costume. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I think we actually got it in a box. Yeah. We, we, all that, uh, yes, we do. Actually, I have the I have the um, the hamburger one too. He was the one. Oh, that's my guy. Mask. I got both of them. I sure do. <laughs> hey, yeah, had to light the mood with that one. Yeah, it took me back, man. I, I gotta see those. Okay, so let's talk about you up in Sacramento. I don't know how old you are. You lost your dad around, lost your dad around 21. So let's talk about now you're the man of the house. You said meant you had a sister and a mom. You're yeah. the man of the house. Uh, talk about that transition into you becoming more independent and getting out on your own. So I'll, uh, 
be a little bit personal for a second. I know we're trying to lighten the mood, but I didn't have the, you know, it was a little rocky. I was homeless, you know, and yeah. And so, um, you know, we, we didn't did things, things between my parents, it kind of went bad. And so, um, at like 19, 18, 19, somewhere around one of those ages, man, I was, I was out living in my car and, um, I was homeless for, for a while. And, um, I remember I, uh, I hadn't, I hadn't been talking to either one of my parents for a long time. You know, I was, you know, when you're, when you're out there as a kid and just on your own, you're mad, you know, and, uh, I was, I was a good kid, you know? And so, you know, kind of, kind of going towards that. I, I went by my mom's house and, um, it was, just was like some years later and my dad had called cause he knew I was there and he was just kind of telling me, um, you know, I'm so, I'm so happy you're safe. And I'm, I'm, I'm at my mom's house watching TV and I, you know, I'm kind of blowing it off. Yeah. 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 He's like, I love you. And you know, we don't talk like that. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm watching. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was the last time I talked to him. Man. That was the last conversation I had with my dad. Right. And so, you know, again, this is, these are all the things that kind of brought me over to insurance, you know, just going through those hardships, man, and just not wanting other people to go through it. And so, um, you know, kind of moving forward from there, I, I've been on my own for a long time. And so transitioning and, and going forward, I got into marketing and I got into marketing at a, at a young age. And so one of my clients was a uh, AAA and I was doing marketing for them. Yeah. AAA was like the biggest sponsor for the, the Sacramento, um, Kings, the, 49ers, the Oakland A's, the San Jose Sharks, they're, they're all over the place. And so I was generating leads for AAA at all these tailgates and ball games and with all the mascots, yeah. you know, and um, I'm just just out there, you know, and it was like, they were like, hey, let, let's offer you a job, you know? So uh -huh. I'm like, well, no, I'm getting paid by this marketing firm. I'm getting good money, right? And I'm like, well, this is the sales part of me. I'm like, you can always get more out of life, right? So I told, hey, send me, send me some agents out here. And so I'm selling insurance out there at these drunk people, everything, you know, selling, selling insurance. Hey, this is John, Jake, this is what they need. And so, um, that, that's when I, so I found, I'm like, man, insurance is kind of fun. And so my wife, who I had hired as, as a staff with me, I brought her everywhere with me. You know, you don't see kind about how we grew up when my dad wasn't there. I didn't, I wasn't trying to make those same mistakes. So when I'm on the road doing all this, I'm bringing my wife, I, I'd hire on, hire on, onto my staff. When I'm out in the hotel, or whatever, she's, you ain't got to pay for her. She in the hotel with me. I got my per diem. Don't worry about it. I'll split it with my wife. You know, so we, you know, and so make a long story short, she's like, hey, you know, I want to get married. I want to have kids. I'm like, all right, well, we can't be 1099 anymore. What are we going to do? So we both apply for insurance companies. I went with Progressive. She went with State Farm. This is back in 2013. She's still with State Farm. I left Progressive and went off into be a broker. But now we're, we're an insurance household. And it's, it's what we do. We were like, you know, let, let's uh, open up our own insurance firm. This is probably back in like 2016 or so. We're like California and it, it make it tough to be a business owner nowadays. And so um, we just decided to stay separate. And now, now, now we're insurance household. That's cool, man. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the journey to you. Uh, let's talk about how you met your, your now wife, how you guys met. Now let's talk about what finance were like. Okay. Now you grew up kind of with the ups and downs. The financial is kind of tough when you, lost your father. I imagine your mom was working. Let's talk about when you start earning money, how life was, how life changed. You were homeless at one point. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about the, the transition to have from not having money to having money, and how that came about. So when, when I was out on the street and, um, you know, when you have that mentality of watching, watching, you know, hard work, I watched my dad, I know all you gotta do is grind. You can make money. Right. And so for between that and having that marketing mindset, the, the way I got off the street, I'll tell you, is this is when, when, when Craigslist was just started out and just opened up and I, I would, what I would do, I went into the wanted ads and I find people that are looking to buy a car and they, they you know, when in the wanted ads, they post, you know, how much you want to spend. So if they're looking to spend $4,000, I contact them and I'll say, Hey, you know, if I can get you a car that you're looking for, for like three grand or 3,500, you know, you cut me a little deal since you're already looking to spend four anyway. Sure, why not? And then I go into the into the regular ads, find someone selling that type of car. They're looking to sell it for four grand. I'm like, you know, if I can get you like 43 or whatever it is, you know, cut me a little deal. I mean, you're only looking for this anyway. Sure. I go on the DMV website, I print out all the paperwork and I'd have both people meet, show each one of them where to sign. And I'm slanging cars on Craigslist. I'm I'm literally selling cars on Craigslist. 
over and over and over. And that's how I got off the street. That's how I made money. And, and when, when I started thinking about this is supply and demand, this is where, how, how, how I've been successful in life and how I made it from here to here. And, and partial, I, I, again, I'll never worry about money. It's not because I'm making buku money. It's because I can make money when I want it. I'd rather put my time towards being here with my family than go out there and make money that I don't need. I'm comfortable where we're at, where we're at with our family right now. And you don't get time back. There's one thing in life. It doesn't matter how successful, black, white, Russian, don't matter what you are. You don't get more time back, right? I know that's a finite currency. I always say um, uh, time is like currency. That's currency. It's the one currency that you can't get more of. So where you spend your time is what you really value. And you've positioned yourself in a way to spend your time with what you value most, your family. Correct. I really respect that, man. Um, hey, you're a broker by nature. You're a broker before <laughs> you even had it on your business card. <laughs> you know, you, you get to the point. Remember, I was telling you to begin this conversation. When you get to that mindset, I know the middleman always gets paid. Doesn't matter what you do in life. And if you can always be the middleman, you'll never worry about money again. I promise. It doesn't matter if you're selling Cutco dives door to door. When, when instead of me going door to door, I can just be a middleman and, and hook up with someone at a trade show because the people at the trade show sell knives. So I'll just sell them in bulk in, to them instead. Mm -hmm. Only thing I did is made myself a middleman between Cutco knives and, and, the, and the trade show. Supply, demand, it doesn't matter what you do in life, you will always be paid. And on top of all that, you know, we, people tend to work eight hours a day. That's great. There's 24 hours in a day. You know, don't, don't say you can't do this or can't do that. If I you say, oh, I want a Ferrari, I can I can never afford a Ferrari. Oh, you can. I'm not saying you're gonna have time to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but there's 24 hours in a day to, to to make money. That's right. Hey, um, man. So first of all, shout out to all my Cutco listeners. I got um, I've had two Cutco guests on the three Cutco guests on the show previously, and same thing. Like you, you're that middleman. You're the, you're the you're you're the you're the connected between the the person who has a want and the person who, and then the person who has the supply the supply mm -hmm. to feed that want. And when you see yourself uh, as anyone in sales, and everybody's in sales, like you said, it's not sales; it's marketing. Correct. Everybody, like anything that you buy was sold, and everything in this world is bought. Mm -hmm. it's just you gotta look at your look at your role different. Like, okay, it's my job to help this person get what they need. Mm -hmm. in my in my case that's a financial plan or some investments Let, let's talk about okay so now you're grinding you're making money you're hustling you you, you you seem like to have your values aligned right away which is so many people don't do uh, my biggest thing i think people's biggest problem with spending like some people have a spending problem and that's because they never sat down and really figured out what their values were because when you spend money when you, when you realize what you value and you align your spending with your values you realize you don't need that much money. Like you said, you don't need a ton of money to, uh, to really get the best out of life. Correct. And I think you realize that because two really goes back to your, your upbringing. Your dad wasn't there a lot because he was working and that impacted you. And then also you lost your dad young. So you want to make sure you're here and you structure your time so you can spend it where, where you want it. So I really appreciate that. Um, talk to me about how finances were for you. Were you managing your money well when you first started? Um, how was the check to check? Was it big in bulk sometimes? Sometimes you got it, sometimes you don't. What was money like for you when you first started earning it? Well, I'll, I'll tell you is that it, it kind of come, it comes down from, from the generation generation is if, if you're not taught at a young age, once you get it, if you don't know how to, to maintain a thousand dollars, you're not going to know how to maintain $100,000. You're not going to know how to maintain $10,000, right? And so if you were never taught that, you know, and all of a sudden you, it's just it's like people that that win the lottery, right? Someone wins the lottery and, and they're not used to having money. But what do they tend to start doing? They're going to start blowing it, right? And so this is where I feel like financial advisors are, are some of the most important people to, to, to have as, as well, because there's one thing where people can say, you know, I made it, right? What, 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 what is, what, what is that to you? Like, what is, what, what, when you say you made it, what does that mean? Like, what, what does that look like? You know what I mean? For me, I feel like I made it and it's, it's not about being rich. I'm rich with family. I got love in the household. We have, I don't fight with my wife unless I'm trying to make a fight. <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, it's just you, you what, what does that mean to you? And, and you get, you get to a point where, where you have happiness. It's not about, it's not about, 
making it. It's about being happy because at the end of the day, there's too many other things. There's too many things coming at you in every single direction, right? Some things are big, some things are small and a lot, some, a lot of small things add up, right? And it's like, how do you react to them, right? No, no one, no one is inside your body. Nobody can make you react a certain way. So you can put a gun to my head right now and tell me to jump. I have the choice to jump or not. You, you can't make me do anything, you, you know? And, and so when you're, when you're looking at all these things coming, coming at you and when you're talking about finances as well, how do you react to it? Here's a, here's a thousand dollars, James. Well, what are you going to do with it? Well, it, it, this is where it comes to education, right? There's, there's books, there's, there's resources, there's, there's people that, you know, if you don't know how to make a thousand dollars, well, I know somebody made a thousand dollars. Let me go ask him how he did it. Let's see if I can replicate it. Did you, did you, you know, do you invest money? I, I don't know about investments too much, but I know people that do know investments. So I'll reach out to that person, utilize your resources. And so when, when it comes to money, money and finances, it depends on how much money we're talking about, because I might do something different with it. If it's a bulk sum, well, I might invest some of that because I know that I only need this much to be happy in life. So everything else is I'm going to use that to capitalize, to, to work on work my future, work on my um, retirement and things like that. Because people of our age right now, we don't got no retirement. Come, but, you know, the, the social the, security, social security is, <laughs> yeah, you know, so we, we got to have multiple avenues of income just to be able to retire, you know, when we get to that age. And especially if you want to retire early, you better have some things in place or have things building already. You know, you think about how to, how to risk stay rich. You know, how is it that they're buying all this, yet they're staying rich? I always say, man, look, you save to spend, you invest to grow. You, you want to, you, you, no one gets, I shouldn't say no one, but most people don't get rich off saving. Correct. You get rich off investing, having that money work and grow for you. Correct. That's really what I do for my clients. Um, I, I love the fact that you, like, you took time to realize how much I need to be happy. Cause some people don't, that's why people live check to check because mm -hmm. they never sat down and took inventory on what they need to, to start to be happy and live the kind of life they want. So they, so by natural, by, by it's human nature to feel you need everything. Everything. Yeah. That's why you, okay. So you're making 5,000 a month. You're happy, but you're using 5,000 a month. You get a raise, you're making 6,000 a month. You're just as happy, but it's now you're spending 6,000 a month when really you only needed 5,000 to be happy. You just proved that last month yeah. last, before the raise. But until you sit down and realize what is I need to spend, it's hard to plan. And yeah. it's hard. And then that you don't have that discretionary income or that surplus. I call it unpurposed income to purpose for a few your future self. And then when your future self gets, gets there, it's going to slap you in the face for not planning for him. Yeah. <laughs> I used to make the mistake of, you know, on when it, every paycheck, I'll have a hundred dollars, you know, automatically direct deposit into a side account. That that it's the reason I call it a mistake is because that money wasn't wasn't helping me. It's just going into an account that's making pennies on the interest, you know, versus having it go go somewhere that where the money's actually going to work for me. That's how the rich stay rich. They they put money in places where it's going to grow for them, right? And and. It's hard when when coming down the line. I gotta pause you uh, for the listeners. Listen, I didn't I did not pay James to say this, but <laughs> he's definitely pushing my business. I appreciate the. Uh, I told you that that the people like you are important, and I had to I had to teach myself all of this, you know. And I didn't even know what a four hundred one k was until I was twenty nine, wow. you know. And I kind of think about all the, all these things, you know. And then I think about my kids, and I'm I'm not gonna have them in that position, right? And so when, when you're, when you're talking about, you know, if you, if you got this extra money that you want to put to the side or that the end of you got to know what you want it for. Are you putting this money to the side for you? Are you putting this money for the side for your, for your kids college? Like what is your purpose? Right? Because that's big on, on where you're going to put it and, and how you're going to make it grow, you know, because are you trying to make fast money? Or is this something you wanted to, to grow over time? You know, so I, again, I, I had to teach myself all this and, and nobody was going to make me do it, you know, and, and that's for people who are listening right now, I'll, I'll tell you is that you, no, it, no one's going to, 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 to pick you up and make you go learn this. You have to have the want to, to do it and you have to commit to learn it. And then after you do that, 
you have to execute it. Actually, you said it. Like, I, look, knowledge is very valuable, but knowledge without implication is useless. You've got to implement that knowledge. And, and like, at the end of the day, I can lead the horse to water, but it's on my clients to make to take it to drink. It's on my clients to take action and implement the plan that we've put together. Mm-hmm. And and that 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 take like I every client who comes in my office, first thing I say for a first conversation is, hey, I'm glad you're here. I know it took courage to get out, you get out of bed and realize I'm gonna look at where I am and move from here. Mm-hmm. Because especially in our generation, we don't like to look at the reality of where we are and the, and the result of our bad decisions. But it's like traveling through the forest. I know no one has paper maps, but let's say if you had a map in your pocket and you're traveling through the forest, if you don't ever look at that map, you'll know where you are. But Correct. at some point, you have to look, put, open up that map on phone and be like, oh, wow, I'm way off track. But at least I know what to do to get back on track. Mm-hmm. If you just travel without a map and never look at it, you're not going to end up where you want. You don't know where you're going to end up, and chances are it's not where you want to be. It's it's funny that you that you said that. Something that I tend to tell people is when you're when you're trying to figure out where you want to to go, where you want to be. It doesn't matter if you're if it's your small goal for the day, if it's your goal for the year, if it's your ten year plan, your five year plan, whatever it is. Right. This is very important. Is imagine your life as a as a map, right? And so if you you have a map and uh, and, and you want to jump inside the car right? Imagine your life is you driving, right? Well, if you want to get to to your goal, say your goal is here and you're here, how do you get to right there, right? You have to put something in your GPS. If you don't put something in your GPS, you're just driving around wasting gas. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You don't get that gas back. You got to buy more. Well, guess what? If we're we're talking about that gas is time, you can't buy more of it, right? And so you got to put something in your GPS to get from here to there, right? The GPS is not going to be a straight line either. You're going to go this way. Oh, there's an accident over there. Now you got a roadblock. You got to back up and go that direction. But you have to put something inside your GPS to get where you are, even if it's just your daily goal. What do I have to do today to get from right here to right here, right? I need to make $100 today, right? $100 more than I already make. How do I How do I get there? You have to have a game plan or you're just going to sit there and your, your mind is just doing, you're just wasting gas, wasting gas and wasting time. And so if you don't know how to do it, I, I said it earlier, utilize a resource, right? I, I need to make $10,000 within the next month. I don't know how to do it. Question, do you know somebody that has? Yeah, that, that's it. Go, go ask them. It's, it's not, people like giving advice. If you, have yeah. people, if you show that you value someone's advice and you're sitting there listening to them, they will talk. They will pour everything out into you. Because at the end of the day, I feel I have a lot of clients who are retired and clients who are very wealthy, some are very wealthy. And what, what's important to them is what they give back to in mentorship. Mm-hmm. Even my boss, people like to be contribute to other people's success. Like, and they, and they, 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 you get more out of life from seeing people be successful. I'm sure you feel the same way. Regardless of all the success that you, are, you have or I have, what means more to us is seeing the success of our children. Mm-hmm. If, if my, when my daughter plays a soccer player, when she scores a goal, when she makes a great play, that's the greatest moment of my love, my life. Right? Same with my children, with my son, little Peyton, when he's out there getting hits on the baseball field. It's like the, these kids' success means so much more than any level of success that I can ever achieve because my real success is what I leave behind, which is yeah. them, which is with their result of my parenting. Mm-hmm. And, like, and that same with mentorship. So if you want someone to teach you something, get out there and let them ask them, hey, I want to be like you. Can you help me? Yeah. And that make you better than them because they didn't, guess what? They didn't have them teaching them when they were your age. Yeah. And, you know, what I was kind of saying earlier coming down, like the, when I was talking about the, the generations is if your parents weren't taught it, their parents probably didn't teach it to them. And their parents probably didn't teach it to them. And so when we think about where we're at financially in life, it's not always your fault, but it's not always your parents' fault either. You know, it's, it's because it comes down it comes down to the education of being being able to teach the kids, the kids, the kids, the kids what to do with money, and 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 there's a part of of teaching your kids what stocks are, teaching them what the stock market is, what Nasdaq is. You know, my my son is five years old, 
he can at least tell you what a penny, a nickel, a dime, and a quarter, and you can put them together, and he can tell you how much money it is as well. My my my, my son, I, he does chores, and he and he gets money for it every single week. I'll ask him, "Do you want to spend this money on on something? Is there something you want, or do you want to invest it for next week and Daddy will double it?" I'm it, it, my son's five. He's been I've been doing this with him since he was three. You know, it just it just you you got to change. What where, where it's at, and this isn't just yes for for African Americans. It's it's huge, but it's not just us. If this is, I, I look at the whole United States. Look at where we are. We're the we're the the biggest strongest nation, yet we have so much debt, and I blame so much of it from 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 what I was just talking about coming from the generation generation generation, and we're going down instead of up when it comes to these type of things. Our households across the nation should be doing great. You we used to be able to to have a one income household working in a factory and living lavish. That's what the United States used to be. And now most of the United States is on struggle, you know, and, 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 and then part of it on top of what I just pointed out, you look at where the schools are as well and what, what we're teaching, you know, that the, you know, and I'm not trying to preach it too much, but we're not teaching making, making, making the, the living, how, how to build a business, how to maintain a business, how to, you know, do accounting, you know, it might be boring in school. I get it. But if you start people at a young age and, and move forward, it's not going to be as boring and it'll be intriguing. But this is, this is what, what we need as a nation to, to be able to move forward in, in life instead of people like me, that's 29 years old, not knowing what a 401k was. I had three jobs at 14. If I would have knew what it was back then, I would have invested in Old Navy when I was working there. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just so many different things in life. And, you know, some people will they'll teach your kid how to balance checkbook and then it stops. That That's not where it needs to stop at. Yeah. You know, you need to know how to how to make that money work for you at a young age. You know, you're, you're talking about your, your daughter and how, you, you know, already got her first stock when she was, you know, I think you said when she was 12, no, 13, 13s, I apologize. That's what we need at a young age. And that's something that we're doing at Homes Financial. We're doing uh, something called, this is another plug for myself. We're doing, this. These, these things are free. We're doing what's called financial family reunions where we meet via Zoom. We met with the families. They were Some of the families in California, some was in Nevada, some was over on the East Coast. We did a little this virtual family reunion where we just talked about the foundation of finances. Now, this is not something that I get paid for. Something that I feel that's going to impact the future. Mm-hmm. So, if you, any one of our listeners are interested in this, uh, leave a note on the podcast, and I'll, I'll, we can schedule something. But it's so important just to educate the future, man. Mm-hmm. But you know, we don't got too much time left. Let's talk about what your day to day looks like now. What your role is now? I know you're a big connected, big networker. What's the day in the life of James Cashin look like now? Oh man, <laughs> I. Uh... No, just 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 this week alone, man. I uh, I've I've probably filled my gas tank three times. <laughs> <laughs> when you talk about being on the move, man, I, I I can't sit I can't sit still. You're sitting still. I feel like I'm moving backwards, man. I'm just sitting there buoyant. I, I can't do it, you know. And so, you know, I got uh, I've been out to uh, five events just this week. You know, shaking hands and uh, making making connections and. Uh, helping some families out um this weekend i'll be working with the haggerty uh, insurance man uh you know like you say yeah seth uh out here on the on the on the podcast at one point i work closely with haggerty you know what i mean so uh being that i'm a broker one of my carriers is haggerty insurance i got multiple different carriers you know so i'll be working at a couple cat classic car shows uh, this weekend one in lodi another one in rancho cordova uh my my car is filled with boxes and, and a 10-foot tent you know, I'm, I'm out there in the, in the field and I'll just, you know, be meeting some people, retirees, people that, that do things for, for their, you know, that, that they do as a hobby, you know, checking out their classic cars, taking some photos and just letting, hearing their stories, how, how, what came to, what, what made them buy it? Was it passed down in generations? You know, did you buy this car back in the sixties too? You know, so I, I get the, I get to enjoy and have those stories, but then I also get to help out those families as well by insuring them. So. As being someone who's a uh, someone who lost their father young and the primary bread earner, how, how does it feel to get 
to, to be able to protect people from that going through that. How, how has that been for you? I'm sure that's got to mean a lot. To, yeah, you know, you couldn't protect yourself, but yeah, you can protect so many other families from experiencing what you experienced. How has that been to be? To I, I, I'm not. Yeah, I think you get what I'm asking. Yeah, I can. I can tell you is that um, you know, I've been selling life insurance for about two years now. Um, a little over, yeah, about two and a half years now. And um, when I'm when I'm talking to people, and people tend to ask ask the question, right? Because they're like, you know, why why do you think I need life insurance, or you know, how much life insurance do I need? And I can just tell my story. You know, I can let them know. You know, I I I know what it's like to not have it when you're going through the struggle, and and to watch a loved one go through it. When every time I see uh, a, a GoFundMe when someone passes away and I just, I, I I know what the hurt feels like. Right. I already know where you're at in, in a dark place and everyone deals with it differently. Right. Some people might grieve for a week. Some people might grieve for years going through that feeling and knowing that the bills are still coming in mm-hmm. and you got to go back to work. You don't got time to grieve because you got to pay these bills, you know? And so just knowing that people are going through that, I, I can have these conversations and I can relate back to, to my father. And then it feels good because I get to have moments of talking about him because when people tend to pass away, when the years go by, their name stops coming up as much. And you don't get to talk to him, talk about them as much, you know? So when I'm, when I'm helping these families and letting them know the struggle, I get to talk about my dad as well. And so that feels good for me. And I get to help them not go through what people tend to go through in those situations. That, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, I wish we had more time because this I really enjoyed your, your story, man. You should be like a motivational speaker, man. <laughs> I swear, man, the, the, you're inspiring me, and that's what this show is all about. It's, it's about inspiring the younger people to make wise decisions with money, and I'm sure you're doing you, you've done that. So I want to thank you for being a guest on the show. Um, I, I think I have an idea how you're going to answer this question, but I always end the podcast with the same question. You know, okay. the words, you even alluded to it. The words financial success mean different things to different people, but I don't think of it as a dollar amount, just like I know you don't think of it as a dollar amount. But I think of it as a quality of life, a lifestyle, or what, your, what your life looks like. So, and and that can all, if the, the definition of financial success can always change, it probably will change throughout time. But Today, um, 2022, what do the world, what does a financially successful lifestyle look like for you, James? Financial, I would say um, having my, my family with me, my family not, same thing with my parents, not letting my kids see the, see the struggle. My, my kids knowing how to take care of themselves. If tomorrow I wasn't here, if tomorrow my wife wasn't here, and my, and my kids knowing that they'll be okay. Even though they're young, someone's going to have to take care of them for for a while. They'll have the resources and the knowledge to know what to do moving forward. Um, Having a house over your head, you know, nobody wants to, you know, be live in a box. But at least you got at least you got something over your head, right? So for for me, I know that my my wife has certain dreams that she has and I want to reach those those are my new motivations now it's not we we own the house that we're in now it's you know we're blessed to even have that every you know t- people tend to want a bigger house a lot of times I'm I'm I, I, I want more room it's, it's not about being a bigger house this is you know I want more storage you know you know for you got kids you know things tend to start to build up yeah. you know it's like so you start donating and getting rid of stuff you know it's like there's some things you don't want to get rid of but you didn't got you ain't got the space for it, right? And so those are those are those are my motivations. Motivate. It's weird to have those motivations, but you know, I got the lawnmower. I, I want somewhere to put it where it's not just sitting <laughs> in the backyard. You know, different different things that come up in life. But that that's that that's what it that's what it feels like to make it for me. You know, those are good problems. Not all problems are bad problems. I got the good problems right now, and so it, it feels it feels good for that. Amen, man. Amen, brother. I think about those like. Like, you know, the problems, there's real problems. There's like good problems. Yeah. Like, you know, the good problems, like, hey, you know, man, you get upset because you left some food, you left food, you let, let you had too many leftovers and the leftovers went spoiled. And that, yeah. man, I'm mad about that. Yeah. It <laughs> was like others that they're, they're, they wish they had leftovers, you yeah. know? So I think, I, yeah, just like you're saying, I think about those things, man. It's like the, the, the struggle changes and everyone, 
everyone goes through some type of struggle. I mean, sometimes we're big, sometimes we're small, but everyone's going through a struggle. And I think people tend to forget that they tend to look at everything that's going on with them and not looking at the person that's right next to them might be going through something even worse. And so, you know, try to, I'll, I'll end this part here because I know we're running out of time is that we're, we're born with two ears and one mouth. You should be listening more than you speak. And if you do that, you'll, you'll, you'll start to see things around yourself a bit more clear. Hey, Amen, man. You said it. You said it. you got to listen, man. You got to listen um, about those. I always call those tither problems. Like, I, I believe in the tithe, man. And like my problems have changed from before. My problems, be, I used to have real problems, but man, you, you, I had to say that. But man, you listen to those people out there. You listen to your mentors. You, you got to just sometimes just shut up and listen. I, got, mm-hmm. I have a motivational speaker I work with. Um, he was just telling me sometimes you just gotta shut up and listen. And when you do that, you'd be surprised what you hear. Yeah. And you start seeing everything a little bit more clear. You've been an excellent guest, man. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna see you in a few weeks, or next week actually, for yeah. my um home for my um investor real estate investors workshop. I'm excited about seeing you there. It's been a pleasure having you on. Um I'll leave some of your contact information if anyone wants to wants to reach out for you with to you in the show notes. If that's right with you. Yeah, I, I definitely appreciate it. Thank you for having me here on this show. Thank you everybody for listening as well. If anybody wants a, wants a motivational speech, I'll, I'll be there for you. Want any uh, any insurance help? Definitely reach out. I, I give everybody my cell phone. I tell you, I'm a personal person, so I'll be there for you if you need it. All right. God bless, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your host and investment advisor representative for the Homes Financial, Peyton Boyer. I hope you enjoyed the show. It's my job to understand my clients' financial goals and work alongside them to design a plan to reach those goals. If you're looking at editing your own money story, I'm here to help. Give me a call to schedule your free one-hour consultation, either via Zoom or in person. My phone number is 916 916- Two seven one one nine seven four, or click the link to send me an email below. Have an awesome week. Payne Boyer is a financial professional with Homes Financial of and securities offered through Bertha Fisher and Company Financial Services Inc. BFCFS member FINRA FIPC Homes Financial is independent of BFCFS.